thank you everybody for joining another episode of the Financial Commute. I'm your host, Chris Galeski. Really lucky to have CEO of Warren Wealth, Jeff Sardi, here to join us. Happy to be here. Jeff, we're here to talk about alternatives yeah. today, and I'm really excited to have you. Excited to be here too. So I know that the word alternatives comes up and creates a lot of confusion for investors, sometimes anxiety or fear, or just the uncertainty around sure. it. Because alternatives can mean a lot of different things. We're known in the industry for doing a lot of alternatives because we've been doing it for almost 30 years. Yeah. We've actually invested in an entire team of close to 10 people to do due diligence and oversight and management and operational um, efficiencies within our organization to coordinate with those groups and, and to make our clients' lives a little easier. Mm -hmm. You know, we manage around two and a half billion dollars, which means that we're small, but we're large enough to be nationally recognized. And we can take, care, take advantage of some really unique opportunities that are out there. You know, economics of scale plays a big part in the world of alternatives, because if you're a really large firm, you manage hundreds of billions of dollars or even trillions, um, not to name any names, you might come across an opportunity, mm -hmm. but it's too small to scale across your clients. Yeah. Or if you're another firm our size, um, you might not have the experience or the team to support, you know, behind the scenes when it comes to alternatives. So. You know, what is it that you think that, that causes so much fear, anxiety and confusion to clients when, it, when, it, when the word alternative comes up? Yeah, there is a lot of confusion. We're always trying to demystify the concept. Um, it's, it's interesting on the heels of kind of thinking about this podcast. I'm reading a really interesting book right now. It's by Daniel Kahneman, someone we've talked about before, uh, Nobel Prize winning economist, behavioral theorist. And he talks about this concept. He talks a lot about biases when it comes to investing. And he talks about this concept of familiarity. Okay. And obviously, investing in what you're comfortable with or familiar with. And obviously, alternatives are something different than that. But familiarity, it's a real interesting concept where what he says, and per his studies, familiarity is not easily distinguishable from truth. And so what he means by that is that think about if you want to convince someone of a falsehood, of a non-truth, how do you do that? You basically repeat that falsehood over and over again, right? If you repeat something over and over again, and this is like kind of marketing 101, or you know, dictators of the world are experts at this through their media channels, they just repeat falsehoods over and over again, make it familiar to their audience, and as a result, they'll believe it's truthful. Um, Interesting. Yeah, it's really, really fascinating. And he, so he shows this through some studies. I think it was the University of Michigan that did this study. Let's just say it's the two of us, okay. right? Sitting, sitting in this study. We both have a computer screen. And up on my computer screen, it says, uh, it could say anything, flower color. Let's say it just keeps repeating that, flower color, flower color, flower color. And for you, it's some other gibberish with some other, other words. And then we pause and then we have questions that are asked of us. And we have a lot of different questions. And then one question comes up. And it says the most common flower color is red. True or false? I would be much more likely to say that that answer is true, even though. If, if the color that was flashing at you was red. No, no, oh, nothing, no nothing even with the color. Okay. Just the word flower color, I had an association with it. I was familiar with that phrase. No and because I was familiar just with that phrase, I had no concept of the color, which is more common, red, yellow, green, doesn't matter. Huh. But once I saw that question, because I had familiarity, comfort with the words more than you, where it was shocking and something new, I am naturally felt safe and thought that that was a true statement. So if you put this in the context of investing, mm -hmm. people that have only been exposed 
whether it's through their family, their friends, their work, whatever, to just traditional stocks and bonds versus somebody that, you know, grew up investing in real estate or their family or friends or network, you know, spent a lot of time running their own businesses or overseeing real estate. There'd be a familiarity bias between stocks, bonds, and alternatives yep. that would come into play when when that takes place. Yeah, I mean it's human nature. That's exactly yeah. it's what you're comfortable, what's familiar, what you're familiar with. And I don't want to completely imply that this is a flaw in how the mind works. It just is how the mind yeah. works, and it's actually a strength in many ways. Um, it really comes down to our survival instincts. If you the poor caveman is always the example, right? The, the caveman back. So you imagine you're a caveman, right? Yeah. Walking out uh, in the woods somewhere and you see the stimulus that you've never seen before. Let's say it's just some rustling in the trees, something you've never heard before. If it's the first time you hear it, you're going to be cautious, right? You're going to back away from it. That's smart. You don't know what that is. It could be an animal lurking, coming to attack you. Next night, let's say it happens again. You're a little less cautious, maybe approach it a little bit more closely. If you hear that night after night, become more familiar with it, you're ultimately you're going to approach it and you're going to realize, oh yeah, you know, maybe that's some different species of tree with a different leaf pattern and it just made a different sound and now all of a sudden you're comfortable with it. So that familiarity is actually a, a real strength. It's built into our survival instincts. But when it comes to things like investing, just because you're familiar with let's say the S&P 500. Right. You're familiar with the S&P 500. That doesn't truly- It gets talked about on the news all the time. That doesn't mean you truly understand, yeah. have knowledge of 500 different stocks. You're just right. familiar with it. But that familiarity breeds this concept of safety and trust. Well, it's it's really an illusion of trust, if anything else, if that makes sense. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to find me in the woods camping out, getting familiar <laughs> with any, any weird sounds anytime soon. But, you know- Oftentimes we use products from companies that we know and love. And so it just feels safe to invest. And I'll pick on a company like Apple. Sure. Um, Great company. If they made a toothbrush, I'd buy it tomorrow. Same here. Same here. Um, But, you know, their business is so complex. And it's so hard to truly value or understand the intrinsic value of something like Apple. Yeah. Versus like a piece of real estate, whether it's a single family home that you turn into a rental or an Airbnb. Yeah. Or even apartment building. Like... Those are a lot easier to understand value and, and see the cash flow. I mean, so in your mind, like what is an alternative? Because me, it's just not a stock or a bond. But what's an alternative to you? It It is everything else. And I'll get to that. But I, I love that quick example that you gave because that speaks to this familiarity concept that, that we were just speaking to. I think Warren Buffett is referenced a lot. I think one of his famous quotes, and it's true, is only invest in things that you truly know or understand. It's something like that. Peter Lynch as well. And that's a true statement. But I think what most investors then do is they think that just because they're familiar with Apple and their products, like we all are, they truly understand Apple and the complexity of of its balance sheet, income statement, currency effects, supply chain. I mean... Back in my younger years, I was a financial analyst reading through these financial reports. I mean, it would take weeks to truly truly understand and know Apple as a company versus an apartment building. Great example where in much quicker time frame, I mean, you could really understand the nuances of an apartment building. You could look at its rent roll, its vacancies, maybe its competition within a square mile and really about rent per square foot. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but back on your question of what is an alternative, yeah. the quick answer is it's a lot of things, okay. right? Um, a lot of things beyond stocks and bonds. 
And I know in the in the past we've used different analogies. Like I think we've used a carpenter with his tool belt. Stocks and bonds may be only a screwdriver and a hammer, right. but of course they need other tools. I know you've used the golf analogy, yep. right? The, Having 14 clubs in your bag. Like right. there's there's a, a reason and a rationale for each one, right? I mean, if you want to hit the ball far, you're not going to pull out your putter. Yeah. If you want to hit it soft, you're not going to pull out your driver. So, you know, it, taking that into consideration and making sure that you have all the tools necessary to properly compete and execute. Yeah. You're always trying to get me on the golf course. So I think I, I, I don't golf. Yeah. I'm a crappy golfer. So I'd probably be fine with just a putter and a driver and hack my way through. Um, but on a podcast the other day, I heard another, just a great, another great sports analogy that I'm kind of kicking myself. Like, why didn't we think about this one first? Um, but it is, it's football season right now. Yeah. And the analogy that this individual used was when you're thinking of creating a portfolio, truly diversified portfolio, it's like being a port, uh, a football team. A football team. Yeah. Exactly. The, on the front office of a football team. Yeah. Um, and when you think about creating a football team, there's so many different positions. Yeah. Each position truly has their own skill set, their own purpose on the team. Mm -hmm. Like investments, your own purpose in the portfolio. Now, stocks and bonds are just two of many positions in the portfolio. Um, so that's one aspect that's interesting to think about how we construct a portfolio. We really need a lot of different skill sets to round out the team. But now as we drill in further, I think why diversification has become even more crucial of late. I mean, this is, this is a great example where stocks and bonds, in years past, they were natural diversifiers, right? When stocks did poorly, bonds were resilient. 2000, bear market bonds did very well. 2008, bear market bonds also did very well. We're in a new paradigm right now. Inflation yeah. hasn't really happened since the 1970s. Total game changer. We're now traditional bonds. I mean, the bond index is down year to day. What is it, 10 or 11? Yeah, 10 or 11. And today it's probably <laughs> probably worse after today. Yeah, bad inflation numbers today. Uh, I think the 30 year treasury is down even worse than stocks, close to 20%. When you think about the role of bonds in a portfolio, again, going back to the football analogy, I think of them as sort of the offensive lineman, sure. the resilient part of the portfolio, the protection for your quarterback, your stocks. Yeah. Bonds have worked well in most environments, but come in inflationary environment. And this is something we've been concerned with for quite some time. And we, it's why we've avoided traditional bonds. They're just not the 350 pound lineman that they were in years past. In this environment. In this right. environment. They're much less than that. They look more like me or than, than that 350 pound lineman. Yeah. So what we've done in terms of our drafting to continue with the analogy, our investment team over the years of drafting offensive linemen is we over the last several years have replaced traditional bonds with other more resilient offensive linemen, alternative bond portfolios that are more resilient in an inflationary environment. And, and they've really done their job in this in this environment. And, and they've done a great job in this yeah. environment. So like using that analogy, because we're building our team a little bit differently, mm -hmm. that allows our quarterback and our wide receivers and our running backs yeah. to still be aggressive or buy time yes. to be aggressive down the road. That's exactly, it's a great, I love that extension of the analogy. Yes, when you have a robust offensive line that is sort of the core of your portfolio, yeah that even in inflationary environments gonna be resilient, you, that still affords you the opportunity to be opportunistic with other things. Yeah. 
when you have a traditional 60-40 portfolio. 60% stocks, 40% yeah, bonds. Thanks yeah. for clarifying. You're just a deer in headlights. Yeah. Because not only are your stocks challenged, now your resilient part of the portfolio is challenged as well. So you don't have the confidence or courage to now be opportunistic in other ways. I think that's where, you know, an environment like this in mm -hmm. 2022 really hurts people because their safe money is finally at risk. And it can be somewhat scary when you're planning for the rest of your lives or trying to maintain, um, you know, your, your lifestyle. So yeah. again, back to it, an alternative is simply in our mind, something that's not a traditional stock or a traditional bond. Yep. So that's anything from real estate, other forms of private lending, healthcare royalties, you know, water rights, yeah. you know, all sorts of different things. What are we doing as a company to help educate our clients and the people out there around alternatives and how, how it can help them? Uh, we're, we're really passionate about education, as you know. Um, it comes down even at the onset of this podcast, talking about familiarity and really, truthfully, getting our clients more familiar in a real way, in a real way of having them more knowledgeable, understanding of the alternative landscape and things that we're so passionate about. So we've been doing a lot of things like this podcast, a lot more on social media, webinars, touch points with our white clients, papers, white papers. Yeah. But something we're really excited about um, coming out a month from now in October, we're going to hold an investor symposium, mm -hmm. um, which is something just really excited about. It's going to be at the Agora Rec Center down the street here. We're going to fill the room and it's going to be an all day event where we're going to have these alternative managers, these different football players, if you will, from a variety of different asset classes from all over the country. I mean, these are these are managers that we vetted over the last decade plus yeah. in many cases, some of our core managers where our clients can meet these individuals one-on-one and really not just hear from us, but really meet with these really impressive managers and hear their stories as well. So October 18th is yep. the Investor Symposium right here at the Agora Rec Center. Yep. It's going to be from like 10 to 4. 10, yeah, starts at 10, kind of ends, I think, around 3.30, but we're going to keep the party going because it's going to be an exhausting day. We're going to have cocktails and some hors d'oeuvres and stuff afterwards. Really beautiful location um, as well um, where we can be outside and enjoy the landscape. It'll be, it'll be a nice event. Nice. Well, I'm, I look forward to you know, more conversations with you about yeah. what alternatives are and helping clients understand how much simpler they can be than a balance sheet of something like, like, like an Apple. So Absolutely. thank you for joining. Thanks, Chris. Really enjoyed it.